Hello, welcome to episode 232 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Colin McKay. How are you, Colin? It's, it's late on a Thursday, you've been working. How are you feeling tonight? It, it is late. I'm on, I'm on the graveyard shift this week, so I've not long finished work, so I'm feeling... Um, Feeling and need some some chat that's not about work. So yes. this is um this is this is therapy session. Um, this is this is the joy of doing this. That's what I think. I mean, for a, a kind of relatively crappy week at work, this is a nice way just to sort of. I know we're not in a fr- normally on a Friday, but this is nice way to sort of at least have something that's not work related, which is yeah, definitely. I've been I've actually it's been looking forward to it all day. That's that's the nice thing is I've been working and I know at the end of it, I'm like you know, going to have a nice gonna have my, my, my geek chat with my boy. So that'll be good. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the nice place. Um, <laughs> in his place Yes um, Even though it's a Thursday night Are you drinking anything? Are you still on the rum? Are you still clearing your rum out? I'm still clearing my rum out But, but tonight um, I've, I've upped my rum game I'm drinking Kraken tonight So unleash the Kraken Oh Young um, Barry likes Kraken I believe I think I bought my bottle For his birthday one year He, he very Kraken, much enjoys Kraken well, I was I was musing um, with myself because uh, of Nepal's yeah. <laughs> I was musing to myself about the Kraken And um Without getting too explicit, um, do you remember one of our mutual friends um, had named his his little fellow the Kraken? I do remember, yes. Do, do, do you remember that? And it got to me thinking, like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have have a pet name for for my wee my wee doodah, but I was thinking if if I did, but Smith and Wesson maybe. Why is that? Because it's nine millimeters and <laughs> <laughs> hair trigger <laughs> goes off without me knowing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that gentleman. He had um, many names for many things. If, if I do remember, he was a man yeah. who yeah. didn't, yeah. didn't um, shy away from just everything. Essentially, he, he, had, yeah. no, he had no no, um, no no conversation was off the table. Um, exactly. Yes. At, at any point ever ever. Um, so so. Um, what would you? Do you do you have a pet name? I don't, or, no, I don't. I can't even think what I would. No, I can't even, I can't even think. You know, I've got maybe like I don't know Nessie because American tourists always try to take pictures of it, something like that. You know, or, like, <laughs> or Vin, Vin Diesel, Fast and Furious. <laughs> that's, that's probably more likely. Yes. Um, on back to rum of interest. Um, <laughs> to bring it back to something nice. Um, <laughs> do you notice a difference in different like brands? Like, does does Kraken yeah. taste um, different from your what the still one you had all day there? Yeah, Kraken's um Kraken's like a dark rum. Um so so you know it's it's a bit kind of heavier. Um but there's one and don't fucking snigger. I always get Snickers, but there's one I drink called Mount Gay. I remember you um, telling me yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, which is um <laughs> which is the oldest distillery in Barbados. Um so I'll, have, I'll have you know. Um and that one um I really like, but last week Lorraine was drinking it and, and she she was like, This taste dead chemically. Mm. kind of chemicals and she was like and she's had it before and it's fine and suddenly she's all these chemicals so she's got a preference for her favourite Sailor Jerry um, right. I think our lad Barry I think he's got a real penchant for the Captain Morgans he, he likes that I think he likes that he likes tracking as well I think mm. he's had that yeah. I think he likes yeah. the one that I bought him the, the skull one I think that's that's a bit more than the yeah. that's a bit more dead, dead man's finger yeah, yeah, a bit more yeah but no the, the, there is differences um, I think I like I like the sweetness of it, I think, because I mean, it's made with molasses, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's like kind of sweet, kind of, you know, kind of almost, almost like kind of cream soda sweet. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I kind of like that. So I like the ones that are quite kind of sweet and, and kind of almost, almost thick tasting. Nice. Um, but crack, Kraken's nice. It's a dark rum and it's in a really nice fancy bottle. It's got a big octopus and shit. I remember, I remember the bottle, yeah. Yeah, it was me so happy. What are you drinking, sir? I, well, I'm sticking to the remit of this podcast and drinking beer still. Um, I've got one from Drygate. <laughs> Um, and it's got a, the wonderfully titled Gun Toting Nano Penguin. 
Well, yeah. that's actually what it's called. Gun, yeah. Fucking it, listeners, that that that's what it's called. Gun toting nano penguin. It's got a picture of a gun toting gun toting nano. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a peach pale ale, um, and it does taste very peachy and very pale ale. So it's actually nice. It's a it's a nice thirsty yeah. drink. Yeah, is it a strong one or is it? Um... Yeah, five point two. So it's not too bad. I, I have noticed Drygate doesn't specialise in these sort of like fruity ones. I've noticed they, that they have that disco fort lift truck one as well. It's really nice. And a couple of mm. ones that sort of they do seem to sort of um, they found a wee niche. I think with this market, I think that kind of the fruity beers appeals to the, the kind of wankier, um, you know, consumer, and then that's that's where the world are aiming at. Um, mm. Oh, just on another note, I'm drinking lots of rum, like a pint of rum. I know, I remember, like, um, much like last time, yes. Yeah, I, I did um, finish the podcast last week and went off, and I was like, oh, I feel quite <laughs> woozy. I, I feel quite late. A liter of rum. <laughs> Um, I was no, just nice. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't falling off my chair, but you know, I had, I had a nice wee, a nice wee buzz about me. Have you go? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm hoping no. for the same again tonight. Yeah. Um, let me see that can again. Just, just one more time. Um, I can't even describe how fucking wonderful that is. Um, it looks, it, it does. If everyone knows Brigate, it looks like a disco forklift truck can, but this one's got yeah. a penguin on it. I think it might be like a limited batch though for like one of those wanky beer boxes that I buy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's nice, very tasty. And it's local, it's literally about half hour from your from your house. Yeah, Christ, I could probably throw a stone and hit it. Um, yeah. you know, try um, um I would keep that can, sir, if you think it's limited. I would, I would keep that one day. I can't keep uh, keeping limited cans. Fuck but my, my, my whole house is fucking full of cans. I look like an absolute, you know, they come to raid my they come to raid my house or like clean it out or something, all you find is cans. <laughs> Put yeah. yourself an Iron Man suit at all your cans. Oh my cans, yeah. <laughs> No, I won't be doing that. But um, <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's, it's a Thursday night drink. It's not anything too, um, too lethal. Um, but you know, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. It's a good one. I hope. I'm, I'm hopefully. I might be going to try get in the next week or so. So hopefully they have it on tap. Maybe in the, maybe in the bar. But I've never seen. Okay. I've never seen the shops before, so I don't think they sell it like sort of openly. No, so Never seen that one, and I've kind of looked in some really fancy beer places as well. Yeah. And that's the first I've ever seen. I'm really impressed by that. that that's um, that's made me smile that one a lot. That's, yeah, I've been, I've been doing good yeah. ones to make you smile because I had that monkey one last week, remember? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing really, really well. And I've I had drinking. what was the other one I had? Oh, it was a weird one. It was like Neil or something. I had that Neil one at one mm. point. At one point, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making an effort here, Paul. Whatever it has to, um, just before we proceed to the, to the, to the serious movie chat, um, quick shout out tonight, okay, to Wee Bob, who is our new listener. Um, who's Wee Bob? He's a work colleague, um, All right, cool. and uh, I mentioned one day about the podcast, and, and he was like, Oh, let me listen, and he's, he's listened to a few kind of back episodes and whatnot, and he says he's quite enjoying it. So Cheers, Bob. Yeah, indeed. We have people listening. That's nice to know. It's not just me and you one, talking. One can from listener. Um, <laughs> I know he's not a bot. I know. Yeah. We have more than one. Maybe Unless many Bob is an one, AI. <laughs> um, anything, apart from the, the big ones we're going to discuss later on, anything interesting non-film cinema you've watched at home? I'm sure um, Boba Fett. Yeah, is is the only thing that I've actually that I've actually managed. What have you watched it yet this week? Yes, I, I literally finished about five minutes before you called. Right. Okay. So um, I just want to be like, so we've been pretty shitty on Boba Fett, Fett, Fett you know, for the start up until now. Yes. Last last night's or Wednesday's one totally mm. fucking blew me away. Do you know why? 
Because it wasn't Boba Fett. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why it was. It was basically it was basically the preload the the, the prelogue of season three of Mandalorian. That's yeah, why it's interesting. So, so for anyone um, that that's kind of familiar, I won't spoil it. But um, this episode was called the Return of the Mandalorian, um, yep. and it was it was a full episode of of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yep. There was no no Boba Fett, and it's been possibly the best Mandalorian episode and uh, it's put the rest of the Boba Fett episodes to, to absolute shame. Um, that This was amazing. Absolutely, totally blew me away and, and like crazy. I, mean, I was just so, oh my God. Yeah, it, it was generally it was generally interesting. That's why it actually yeah. in, like they have like they made like the Mandalorian character is a badass character. He is he is like he's always got skills. Um, the Boba Fett oh. character, they seem to indicate he has skills. And ever since then, the episode the, the been in so far, he seems to have absolutely no skills whatsoever. He complete, yeah. he's completely inept at what he's doing. Guess so, his ass whooped a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he spends so, a lot of time healing in a back to tank. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. he's, he's niche. Yeah, so um, no, I no, I, I generally dug this one as well. Yeah. You know who directed this one? Very Starless Howard. Yeah, um, a Star Wars movie. She, uh, everyone she's done this, but this has been you know the cherry on top. But everyone that she's done, she she's been solid. She seems she, to get the world. She seems to understand the sort of the, the, yeah. the balance between the kind of humour of it and the sort of like the, the classicness of it as well. So yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. If she wants, if she wants, or if she has an idea for a Star Wars film, give her a Star Wars movie because I kind of think absolutely like, she's earned her stripes. So hundred um, percent. I don't know if she's a fan girl or not. If me, you know, I don't know if if there's a genuine. I mean, I get I, it feels like there's a passion there. I think it might be because like, like she's in that world. You know, obviously her dad being like a massive like like you know Star Wars fan as well, and he's like Pally you know George Pally, Lucas, George who's Pally Spielberg. Spielberg. So yeah, yeah. She, she yeah. would probably grown up with this being around her house essentially, like sort of being in. And obviously, her dad directed Willow and things like that. Because Willow always feels like it should be in the Star Wars universe. Like I know it's not, yeah, but it yeah, feels like yeah. she belongs in that. Is it Willow? Yeah. That one? yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you suspect she's probably been in Skywalker Ranch more times than we've been in the Raven. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's, I would think yeah, so. I think, yeah. She, uh, yeah, I think she knows George Lucas as George or Uncle George, yeah. possibly. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, he, he's definitely on first name terms with the man. So, no, I, I, I get a genuine feeling that there is a lot of love for. She has a lot of love for the universe, and I don't think she. Yeah. If she was only doing it to get a DGA, um, like permit, essentially, I think she would have done one and done, and that would have been undone. But if she, right, you're using big words here, but DJ, you mean basically, if you want to be directed in Hollywood and you want to be sort of um, get put on lists for like considered for director, you have to get like a DGA union, essentially. It's like being on a it's like a director's union card, like, yeah, essentially, like, director's, 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 director's guild, ah. writer's guild, writer's guild, producer guild. Um, and if you're not on that, it becomes very difficult to get work because you're not really seen by like sort of like other producers to sort of like offer work to um, so somebody like for example Ryan Johnson he made hmm. um, like Brick and he made Mysterious Skin they, they were independent films so in order to get his even though they, want, they get massive awards and they get massive credit and massive fame because of him and because of how good they were he didn't have a DGA um, like sort of get, he wasn't a guild member so he couldn't get really other jobs essentially so he had to go and do something to get a job so he had he shot the episode of Breaking Bad with the fly uh huh yeah he shot that and that got me DJ uh, oh. membership. So I'm sure like other people have done like similar things. I feel like Denzel shot like episodes or something really bizarre. Like might have been like House or Grey's Anatomy or something. And there's a story of like someone on the set of Grey's Anatomy asking Denzel like made a comment of like why would I do that? Actors don't do that. And he's like you don't tell Denzel Washington how somebody acts. You know like Denzel no. tell you do something. You listen yeah. to what Denzel's saying. Yeah. You know? pay, pay attention. You pay attention. Sit up and you pay attention. Is it? But is that why then 
when you, you kind of go through some directors, IMDb's, you see a lot of music videos. Would that? I don't know how music videos work. I don't know how that works, but um, honestly, I don't. That might be more like the joy doing that. Um, oh. But I know it's I know part of it, the DJ stuff is you want me to do. And you know what else? Interesting enough, point of um, this um, Mandalorian episode, or the Boba Fett episode, do you know who the DP mm-hmm. was for it? Did it the photography was for it? No, who was that? It was uh, Dave Klein. Who's Dave Klein? Dave Klein shot Clerks. Oh, right, okay. But he shot oh. all Kevin Smith stuff. Um, I think oh. uh, Clerks and Chasing Amy and Dogma and a few other parts of Kevin Smith's uh, repertoire. Um, and now he's shooting, he shot Homeland and he shot, and now he's shooting Star Wars. No, oh, nice, nice, nice. To know. But yeah. Smith's like she's Star Wars and stuff for that. Yeah, well, but it's so still nice. Somebody who came from that world. Converse. Yeah, definitely. Um, there you go, folks. Mr. Laird, educational, as always. Yeah. Handsome you. and educational. <laughs> and and I've spotted just at the top of your your, your chest there. I can see what t-shirt you're wearing. I got my three beers. I, I got my merch t-shirt on. The official three beers movie t-shirt. There's only two in the whole world. <laughs> the only, yes, there's only two in the whole world. I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one of them. Um, and I have enjoyed the Boba Fett. It was definitely. I, I, I fear the next one might be more of a sort of two-hander between Boba and Mando. So it might be possibly yeah. not quite as interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot more. But again, I enjoyed it a lot more because Boba Fett, Boba was Fett not wasn't it, it which yeah. is, is it's a shame. But yeah, it's just it's it's not cutting it. And as I've kind of said week after week now, like when you've got a diehard Star Wars fan, you know, saying the criticisms that I'm, you know, something's off. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I guess they, they're not always going to land. Do you know what I mean? You know, not, not no, it's like it's like Marvel shows as well. Like we loved we love yeah. Marvel, but then um, like we we can agree that like Iron Fist didn't land. We can agree that. Mm-hmm. Captain yeah. Winter Soldier didn't, or not Captain Winter Soldier, like um, Falcon Winter Soldier, that did not land mm. at all. So, you know, you can swing and miss. There's always yeah. a swing and a miss. Uh, absolutely. And I guess the, the, with Disney having it now, they, they are going to mass produce this shit. They're, yeah. going, to, you know, they're going to flog it until it's dead, yeah. resurrect it, and flog it fucking some more. Like so, did, I, think, I think part of the problem, though, is because they shoot it all at one time and then just release them week to week, that they can't really course correct. Mm. You know, so... On some shows, like if a, like a twenty episode run or something, if you get like ten episodes in and you find the fans aren't responding to like a character or a storyline, you can quote, you can change it, you can course correct it and do something different. Yeah. They've, they've these, these these are shot, these are done, these are finished. You know, you can't really can't do, on to the next ones bef- before we watch these ones. The next ones are kind of aye, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Bobbin filmed and everything before they even put them out, so they, mm. they can't really go back and course correct it. So I think that that's part of that maybe a wee bit of an issue. You know. You, you think that's like people were annoyed in like uh, Wonder Vision that there was no Mephisto, and it's like, but Mephisto, he was never going to be in it. You, yeah, uh, you, 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 you've projected this. Oh, uh-huh, but uh, you no never one said it was. It was yeah. never shot. They're never going to never going to put it in. It just happened. You think this? Um, anything else you've watched apart from Boba Fett? That's it, dude. Um, nothing. No, nothing else at all. That that's that, sadly that is the only thing I've watched, and, and the three things we'll talk about later on. But yeah, I've I've just I've been working. Poor me. I'm, I'm you know I'm like a. Just a wee drone just now. I've just been working and sleeping and working and sleeping, and, and that's, uh, I'm going to cry now. So I mentioned one film we're not going to talk about much later on, but I rewatched Event Horizon. Have you seen Event Horizon with Samuel? I have seen. I like Event Horizon <laughs> a lot, I man. Love Event Horizon. I hadn't seen it for a long time. It's a, yeah. it's a very well done sci-fi movie. Like you forget Dude, how the, good it is. No, well, look at the cast. You have got Larry Fishburne on there. Yeah, yeah Sam Neill. Got freaking Sam Neill. Who else? Jason Isaac. There you go, yeah. You know and I mean? um, Sean Pertwee as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it's pretty fucking gruesome as well. It's, you know I mean? it's insanely like, gory. It's horror. Do you know I mean? It's, it's, it's a space horror. It's, yeah. yeah, it's sci-fi, but it's 
fucking horror. Do you know what I mean? Like done really. Event Horizon's a great film, man. Yeah. yeah, you forget how good a film it is, but I, I rewatched that at the weekend for no apparent reason. Just I, I found it on um, something. <coughs> on a streaming service, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've not watched it for a long time, um, and it holds up. So you can find Event Horizon, have a look at it. It's definitely worth a rewatch. I will fit. I have, it must be something. It must be in Sky or something. Yeah, I, actually, you, you've kind of wet. You've wet my appetite. You wet my whistle. Shall we say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So very, very well done be, film. Yeah, that could be a, a good shout for a rewatch. Sir, I might we'll move on from films released one. after 1997. Um, and instead, we'll look at one. It's on, on streaming. Um, you have seen this one. It's um, it's on Netflix right now, and that is a film called Munich: The Edge of War, um, which is directed by Kristen Schwalchow. I believe his name is. Um, who directed a film called Paula and the German Lesson, both of which I have not seen. Um, but this seems to be sort of, I would say, big break. This is the one that's um, probably big up the massive audience he's going to get for this one more than anything else he's done. Um, yeah. And the film, it's basically about, it's a prelude to war. It's a prelude to um, World War Two, where there's still a sense in Britain that we can almost deal with um, Hitler, you know, obviously, you know, talk him off the edge and like sort of basically not get, and not, not go to war. Um in this, you've also got a, a sort of a plot amongst the Germans to basically overthrow Hitler, but they know they need to go to war or not go to war. They need to sign a deal that yeah. shouldn't be signed. So that they can war, basically overthrow yeah. Hitler. Um, so yeah. so by, stopping, yeah. by stopping the war, basically, that stops them able to do that, essentially. So it's, it's yeah. a two-handed, like, the British want to stop the war and just sort of, like, build and, you know, not go to war right now. And the Germans want, and the other side, like, they sort of, anti-Hitler Germans want to go to war because that will allow them sort of the power in order to overthrow Hitler because most of the Germans yeah. don't want to do it in that sense. So yeah. it's, a, it's a weird thing. They both want the same outcome, but they both want to go about it in very different different ways. Yeah. Different ways. Yeah. Um, so in the film, you've got George Mackay, um, who is a big favourite of the podcast. Um, you've got Janice, Janice Nuremberger, I think his name is. Jeremy Irons plays Neville Chamberlain. Liv Least Fries pops up in it as well. And Jessica Brown-Finley. Um, what am I going to say about this one? It's based on a book, which we found out is based on Thomas Harris, who's not the same yeah. Thomas Harris who wrote... Who does Silence of the Lambs. The Lambs, it's a different Thomas Harris. Week. Yeah, which um, is, I still think it's fucking weird. Imagine if it was two Stephen Kings, you'd be like... It does feel very odd, doesn't it? It does very odd, yeah. doesn't seem right. I haven't read the book, but I have read some of Thomas Harris's um, other historical fiction. I've actually quite enjoyed it. Um, this, I, this, I sense, would work better as a book than on the screen. Um, it, it, it felt... A little bit nothing. Like yeah. there's there's not a lot going on in it, if that makes I mean there's, there's everything going on, like, yeah. hi, like history going on, like the world is turning all what's happening here, but it's not really that interesting the way it's presented. Whereas I think in a book you might have found it presented in a more interesting way. Um that but that with that along as well, it feels like it does feel a little bit BBC drama. It doesn't really feel at times, yeah. It doesn't really feel cinematic. It doesn't feel like a, like a mm. proper. It feels like a movie, but not like not a, a cinema movie. It feels like Netflix a place for it. It does feel very BBC drama. And yeah. um, I enjoyed all the cast. They're all good at what they do. Mm. You know, they're all. Um, but there's not a single bit of dialogue out of anyone's mouth that isn't exposition. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all just there's no uh, there's no character yeah. building. It's all just pushing a plot to get to the end. It's I mean that's um, not a bad yeah. thing sometimes, but it's not. There's no real character building of who the people are and, and what makes these people who they who they are and why they you know want to be yeah and as i mean it, it really i mean it runs for two hours 20 two hours 12 i think two. it is yeah um and it's dialogue heavy and it's a yeah, slow yeah. burn to be as well there's, 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 no, I mean? there's no exciting instant in it essentially there's no like sort of no. There's no, there isn't 
really anything like sort of like set piece event or anything like that? There was one fight in a room, um, <coughs> and it was, you know, that that was it, and it wasn't a, an action. So it was not like Indiana Jones. No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to go? Or do you no, want I mean, I'm just saying my, my big problem was because we all kind of know how it ends. Yeah. There's no real tension. Yeah. Like, we know they don't overthrow Hitler at this point. We know the Germans don't get that. We know Britain comes back home and they, well, the team comes back home and he, you know, they're kind of reframing the idea that because he signed this agreement, even though it was a stupid agreement because it made basically a peace and he managed it because I took Czechoslovakia and Poland, it gave the British enough time to sort of arm themselves properly prepare for, for war yeah prepare for war I said so which might be true I'm not entirely I'm not enough in the story to know this I think this well, I was doing a bit of kind of digging because I don't know much I'm, I'm mm. get bored easily with history unless it's fucking pure fantasy um, but yeah I was kind of I was reading that and it, it seems to be that more and more historians are starting to kind of because it was known as um, Neville Chamberlain the Great Appeaser because yes. you, know, you, you know he would just kind of give enough to, to appease fucking Hitler uh-huh. and whoever else um, but I think historians are starting to maybe think what you're saying there is, you know, you know, he done it too stall because he knew if they were into war in nineteen thirty eight, we would have lost. It would uh-huh. have been a completely different outcome from, from yeah. you know, the world we live in today. So it's it, it, it about a debate, and his, mm. I think it, historians are, are kind of slowly but surely turning turning to that. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. Then um, I would say very Sunday I say it's very Sunday afternoon viewing. Uh, like I said, it doesn't feel cinematic. It is very much where it should be, which is on Netflix, and it'll probably it's it's just that's probably where it belongs. Um, yeah. What did you think of it? Um, anything different on top of that? I thought it was dreadful. Um, I, I don't really think it's dreadful. It. Just it is dull, though. I give you. I really, I really hated you for that two hours and twelve minutes. I was fucking pretty much muttering curses under my breath about you. Um, the name Laird probably. You don't like history. That's why you don't like history. But I do like George Mackay. Um, True. And he didn't. He didn't save this for me. Um, I mean, it's the the only only thing that that I actually, I wouldn't say enjoyed, but I kind of got the craft involved was Jeremy Irons performance. He was very good, he's... yeah. Like, no one's bad in it. There's nothing bad about yeah. what's not. Every, yeah. every, like, everybody's doing really good acting. The directing's pretty solid. The production values are a little bit limited at times, but that's, yeah. that's budget, that's fair enough. But nothing's really... A lot of kind of hand cam shit that seemed utterly <laughs> yeah. pointless. Like, why, why have you got a hand cam in a room when someone's Aye. in a desk? Um, the portrayal of Hitler was fucking mental. Because um, Hitler, they've got him as like this just pure madman that, you know, he gives you death stares and yeah. shit like that. But from what I've led to believe historically, he was actually quite quite the charmer, was there, Adolf? Um, oh, was he? I, think, I think it was quite, quite kind of charming and stuff. Like that. I mean, they, they certainly most wasn't dic- the most kind of dictators mania. are. They have to yeah. have something about them to, be, to become dictators. You can't well, become a dictator fine. without being charming. That, that's why people are fanatical about them because there's yeah. a charisma there that you know you want to fanaticize over. I guess. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was a bit kind of you know it's like that's not who Hitler was. But then I didn't know how much of this was fact and how much was fiction. So that's what I kind of struggle with it as well. Yeah. So bit, yeah. the whole plot with this document. All of that's nonsense. Um, right, is it? You, you checked this? All, you fact checked it? it? I've checked it all, yeah. Obviously, the, the Chamberlain stuff, you know, he's yes. involved in the talks. That's all happened. But basically, the whole plot around that is completely fabricated. So oh, right, okay. That makes we, we're sense, watching then. complete fiction. Yeah, that's something that never, never I have, I have, I have concerns about that. See when, see, when you're presenting something almost as historical fact, but then you're making it um, not... 
true to life. I get you have to do mm. some of it, you have to maybe change things in certain orders, try and make it sort of like narratively work sometimes. You think yeah. you're flat out making something up that doesn't yeah. and never never existed, never happened. Yeah. That to me feels a little bit wrong because like people will watch that and think I mean I don't think it changes the, the outcome that much, but it does feel quite a risky and sort of a weird path to go down to start changing history that much when you're presenting all of this. No, like when we watch yeah. for example watching Glorious Bastards, yeah. that's not presented as fact. Yeah. That's presented that's presented as, as fake, you know, same with like what's point in time Hollywood, it's not presented as historical fact. But this sort of it is presented as truth. Well, if I didn't do a wee bit of background research, I wouldn't have ever thought, oh, you know, that this didn't happen. I yeah, it, make, it makes plausible sense. I would then go on and make a complete or a bigger arse of myself and say to someone, oh, and this time they've done that, and they'd be like, you're a dick, that never happened. Do, that day, do you know what I mean? The day, so, you're on, the day you're finally on question <laughs> time, you make a <laughs> So about this document, sit down, yeah, so yeah. sit down. <laughs> pan away, pan away, take the camera off him. Um, so, yeah, but um, I know I totally, I totally get, get what you're saying. You know, if you are going to use historical events, um, you know, as a basis, then, you know, make it apparent that it is... It's fiction, you know. Aye, you have to do something, um, yeah. Because, I mean, even at the end... At the end, they have a text at the end, which again... It, that's what I was going to say, as, yeah. As fact, so, you're, so you, if you're, you're almost accepting everything that happened prior to this as fact. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's probably stupid to do that. You're just like, can I do this or this? I'll be so stupid. But yeah, I'm the same as you. But I see a scroll at the end, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, and you, yeah. that's what you think, all oh, right, and that's what makes you want to research stuff. So yeah, yeah it kind of does suck you into believing this happened. And then when you read, you're like, no, that, that, the whole thing was made up. Neville Chamberlain was a real character. Hitler was a real character. The names were real, but all this shit with the paper just never never happened, which was nuts. So we were we were gaslighted. We're, we're, we're dupious. Um, <laughs> based on that, out of 10, what are you giving it? I gave it a 2 out of 10. Oh, harsh. I gave it a 5. <laughs> <laughs> so say you, 3. That's a, that's a soft 5. Um, soft, it, it, soft, George Mackay got at least 4 of those 5, to be honest. He, he was definitely... Um, I, my, mine was pretty much for Jeremy Irons' performance. That's the only reason I gave was it good, a two. Right? But it wasn't for him, it was getting a zero. Um, and George George McKay, I know, I was fucking duck egging that motherfucker to the, to the ground. So, yeah. Speaking of George McKay, so, I watched um, Sunshine on Leaf this weekend, eh, this week. And, oh, you do like that film, don't you? Love that film. Even though I'm not mouth, I'll be a dodge on it because the other guy in it is a bit of a, a predator, by all account. He'd been, I think he was done for it, possibly. Oh, not not George um, McKay, but see the other mate in it. Yeah, yeah, but I think like you've been done, a, done for something a, nasty in a Bill, Bill Cosby sense. That, that kind of, I think yeah. something along those lines. Not with, I don't, I don't, I don't it was kids or anything like that. It was like sort of, um, I think he's maybe taking advantage of a girl or something when she was like drunk or something. So, too much of the shit. And honestly, it's one of my favorite films as well. What a bastard. Oh, just very, very quickly on the, on the George McKay, um, fangirl con trick for Grunt. Mm. Um, have you seen Wolf, a film that he's in? No, but it's on Amazon, isn't it? Is it? Oh, Possibly. Okay. I, I, I just found out about this film last night and I was reading about it and I was like, oh my God. I, I well, maybe it's not the name, I'm thinking of something different. Do you know um, about it? It's like he basically thinks he's a wolf. He gets put in a mental institution where yes. everyone thinks they're animals. Um, uh, maybe it's not out yet, actually. I have to check. But um, I, I have, have heard that. of it. I've just not, I've not seen it Desperate yet. Desperate to see it because um, I do love George Mackay and that just sounds like, you know, he does do these kind of weird, kind of off kind of things. Also, as well, do you, I was watching him last night and he's got that face that interests me, right? And, mm. and you, I found who, who his comparison is. Bun Gorman. They've both oh, got that. Oh, we bet, yeah. Possibly, yeah. It's yeah. that face you look at and you're like, you're just 
attracted to it, magnetised to that face, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Wolf's not out yet. Ah, so that's why I've not seen it. Um, it um, sounds good, good cast. George McKay, Lily Rose Depp, Harry Constantine, mm. Fiona Shea, yeah. Lily Pettigrew, Sean Jennings. Ooh. And that, prem- that premise is nuts. Do you know what I mean? They're all thinking they're yeah. fucking animals in an asylum. Do you know what I mean? With the, the kind of zookeeper being the fucking warden, you know, abusing them and shit. Dude, I'm sold. Buy, buy me two tickets. So fucking... Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm invested. I'll, I'll watch that. Anyway, um, anyway, moving along. Give my time to Munich. So, me, Eddie Watts on Netflix. <laughs> what you want to watch it, but I think there's better examples of the genre out there. Um, Absolutely. One in the cinema, you've not seen it yet, but I think you want to see it, and that is Belfast, um, mm. which is directed by Kenneth Branagh, um, who has done some good films like The First Thor. He did mm. Mother on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also done some real shit like Artemis Phil. Um, <laughs> Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Cinderella wasn't. Well, it was a bit too saccharine. Cinderella. Uh, Did he do that one? The, the that one as well. The, yeah, he done. Yeah, he was done Frankenstein shit, yeah. as well. Done the Frankenstein. The one with Robert De Niro. Mm, was it De Niro? I can't remember what one it was. I think he done the De Niro one. Didn't De Niro one. So uh, yeah, which he's, was he's, really, really good. That, that was. He is very hit and miss. Yeah. Branagh. I'm always intrigued. I'm always intrigued what he does, but he does seem to be a little bit sort of he is very scattered and you can't really pin him down too much. Um, mm. He needs to be engaged. I think he needs to be really heavily engaged in something, if, if you know, in order to sort of really. He also seems to be a very. When you look at all his films, there's not much. Not a whole through line. Yeah, there's not like. He's, he's very serious, you know. Like you know, I, I guess he's he's, he's Shakespearean. Do you know what I mean, um, mm. you know, he, he comes from that background. But yeah, I mean, his films are quite kind of severe and serious. And you know, like, let's you know, have no jibs on zip. Let's fucking work, you know. Like, he doesn't pull that at all. I um, made that up completely. Yeah, sure. Um, great. It was <laughs> the, the uh, De Niro, Frankenstein. Mm. He did. He also did uh-huh. to do about nothing. The one with um, him and Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Remember that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah, he does like to direct himself as well. Mm-hmm. He does, oddly not in this one, no. Um, mm-hmm. So this one is set in 1969 in Belfast, obviously, and it's um, sort of the beginning of the Troubles, um, and you're seeing a family sort of living in the Troubles. They're, they're a Protestant family, but they're seeing um, the Catholic families in their sort of area getting bullied um, mm-hmm. and getting sort of, you know, basically pushed out of town, pushed out of you know, yeah. areas, you know, where, where other people don't want them to be. <coughs> And it's basically a family sort of trying to decide. You know, the the father in the family he wants to sort of basically take his family away and go to England, you know, live a life there, even go to Australia or America or Canada and just sort of get away from everything. And but then you get the wife who is sort of like, you know, this is my home. I want to stay in my home. Um, and why should I be forced to leave? You know that kind of thing. Um, hmm. And also you get the the idea of like he doesn't get involved in the you know in the raid of the, the Catholic houses and the sort of abuse, but. If he's not doing it and he is Protestant, the Protestant militia, essentially, you know, what will become the UVF that they start going, well, if you're not with us, you're against us. So he has a fear of that, you know, of of repercussions from them as well as, you know, anything else might happen. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's not in the trouble. It's it's sort of right at the prelude to the trouble before they all Mm -hmm. properly kicked off. Um, But it is all seen kind of from the viewpoint of their young son, who is, who you've kind of fallen, it's his story of following. You've seen a lot of the stuff most of the from, stuff through, from his point of view and through his eyes. How um, old is son meant to be? I think he's maybe like eight, maybe maybe seven or eight, something along those lines. He's very young, very young. He's very much into like sort of like Captain Scarlet Thunderbirds, so that be like six, seven, something along, along those lines. He's in, yeah, he's in, yeah. he is in primary yeah. school and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, so mm-hmm. he's into that kind of stuff. Um, so in the film, you've got a very, very handsome Jamie Dornan. Um, 
speaking with his own accent. It's very odd when he hears like him. I was going to say, I've, I think I've only heard him speaking Irish once or twice. He's, yeah. he's, he's got a really nice Irish accent. It's a proper Northern Irish accent. It's proper Northern Irish. You get Kieran Hines playing his um, father, who I didn't realise how old Kieran Hines was now, which is quite crazy. How um, old is he? Well, he's old enough to play Jamie Dornan's dad. So I could be. play Jamie Dornan's dad. Jamie Dornan's a fucking young Adonis. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> you've got Catriona Balfe, who is from Outlander. She's the main girl in right. Outlander. Um, she was in Le Mans 66 or Ford versus Ferrari over here. And you've also got Judy Dench playing the granny. Um, and you've got Jude Hill as a young boy, He's who you've seen it all through. I think it's his first film. And Lewis McCaskey is a young, a young actor who pops up in it as well. Um, so I'll be quick on this. You've not seen it, so not really a lot to discuss, but I can say I had real fears going into this. Um, the trailer sold me on something I thought was looked really sweet, but I had real worries about something being sweet when it's dealing with something as, you know, pretty much horrendous Honestly, as yeah. the trouble. The trouble's were a horrendous time for the people of Belfast to which they're, they're still recovering from very much yeah. so they're still the, the scars of this run very very deep and oh yeah, yeah. poor families apart um, but it does manage to be very touching and it's not overly sentimental or cringy and I think it manages to do that because you're seeing it from the young boys point of view so kids will see the world as their world they don't really understand in a way like they, they, they accept the world in which they're given you know if you want to paraphrase a Truman show so, they, mm. so if it happens to be tanks mm. in the street that's what they see that's that's their normality essentially so yeah. you know what it is but the kid doesn't so any sort of when he sees his parents just very much in love you go well that's how we all see our parents you know we all imagine our parents to be like that you know to be yeah. you know the, the perfect mum and dad but if it's not truth there is obviously there's, there's not truth to that but we all want to see the best and our grandparents and all. So, so, so anything that is sort of, you know, rose-tinted, I think can be forgiven based on the fact that it is through it's, the... It's from that viewpoint of... From that viewpoint, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very strong performances. Um, all, all, right, all very good. Um, young boy's excellent. I was really surprised at how good the young boy was. Um, good hell. Um, also, the mother, uh, Catriona Balfe, I think I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, but she was excellent as well as the mother. Didn't have, didn't have too many scenes, but the scenes she had, she absolutely... Like brought something you, and you got the, the she really tapped into that Irish mother energy which is sort of a quite specific thing I think yeah. um, and also it's got that thing that it's the idea the narrative of like home is still home regardless yeah. of how shit it gets you know you still feel you want to be amongst your people and there's a really interesting point when she, the, the husband wants to move and she wants to stay and, and she goes if we go to England they'll, they'll hate us they, they, they'll, half of them will laugh at us because of our accents and the other half will be angry that their sons are dying in our country for us yeah. whereas when we're here the kids can go and play anywhere because everybody knows them everybody in five streets knows who our kids are and we feel in there and we're, we know everybody and yeah. it's the idea that they said of what home is home you know and, and that runs all the way through even in extraordinary yeah. circumstances like what Belfast was at this yeah. point in time it's still your home Still, your still, community, your people, yeah, there's yeah, a you, kinship and, there. Yeah. Exactly, and you, you don't feel like you should, because they have more in common with the guy across the street who is, ha just happens to be Catholic than they do with the arsehole who's trying to throw him out of the house. You know, they have more in common with the guy who, who they've lived across the street from for the last, like, 10 years. You know, there's, there's mm. that, you know, that kind of stuff. So 
I really, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. It is getting, I think it's got a lot more credit in terms of like Oscar buzz and awards buzz than it really deserves. Um, I think nominated for directing is a pretty awful choice. I don't think it's pretty well directed. I think some of the DP work in it, I thought, is really shoddy. It's really, it's really shaky and it doesn't really work for me um, a lot of the time. DP's? Direct photography, cinematography. Right, okay, cool. Um, It's also shot in monochrome, not black and white. Am I I right? Yes, correct. Is there a difference between monochrome and black and white? If you watch Shakespeare, Macbeth, that's black Mm. and white. Right. Stark, black, on white, nothing else. Monochrome is more or less shades of grey. It's sort of just Ah. a sliding scale. Again, one suppose you educate yourself, thank you. Um, Got a wee boner right now. I would, in terms of how a monochrome film should look and how it can look amazing. If you compare this to Passing, right, uh-huh. Passing looked absolutely stunning every shot. I thought, yeah, yeah. this doesn't quite have that. Um, so I think I think the words I, I can get why the word buzz is there for it. It's a kind of film that taps into a certain sort of um, what's the word like vein of Oscarness, you know. And it's like you know they like they like the if as much as they love stories about Hollywood, they love stories about the old world, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and it feels like plus, that. But, plus, I think just by association, Branagh is well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's Oscar bait on the name alone, and again, I think it goes you know back to was that Irish. stage background. You know, he's all Irish. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did yeah. not know this until very I don't recently. know how I knew, it, but yeah, I knew he was. Um, he doesn't sound at all. He's, not at all. He's, he's lost that accent. Or he's, 100%, he's act, yes. He's acting like he's lost accent. Um, the big question I've got for this one is, um, Innocent, how was he? Who? Oh, sorry, Hines, Keenan Hines, not Ralph Innocent, Keenan Hines. Very good, they? very enjoyable. He, he plays, they are, they are he plays, interchangeable, those two, aren't they? They are a little bit, Innocent, yeah. Innocent, you could... No, he, he, plays it, he plays it well. He You can get, he he knows who this character is. I don't know if he's based on his own grandfather or something for his own father, possibly. You, you get he knows who this person is. Judy Dench yeah. is slightly dodgy because she gets, she's probably the one person in the cast who's not Irish. Mm, right, okay. <laughs> she's trying to put the accent Taylor. on and stuff like that. And it's, it doesn't, it sounds like someone putting on an Irish accent to be honest not mm. not giving anything against Judy Dench she's a national treasure but yeah, for me her performance was well, not a bad performance by any stretch but definitely it was one that sort of stood out more as um, odd well, I would who'd say. have thought you'd have ever said that in this podcast Judy who'd Dench who'd have thought I was throwing shade at Judy Dench I know that's, um, that's shocking sir you but no, take it, that it, back <laughs> like, I had, like I said I had real fears going to watch it um, but for the most part I very much enjoyed it um, and oddly, it was a film I enjoyed. I went and seen two films that night, and it's the one I enjoyed more out of the two, which I was really surprised at based on what the next one is we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, but no, it's 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 kind of what you expect from the trailer, but the yeah. cringy elements that I worried about aren't there as much as I thought it would be there. Which is a good thing. Out of 10, what would you give it? Seven and a half. Oh, it's not yeah. bad at all. Not yeah. bad it's, at all, sir. It's not Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's still the for me the the, the film I would compare. That, that it's closest. like the old, old world kind of tale that, that you kind of hold everything to now. That's sure. That is because I feel Brooklyn. That, really that's spoke. the apex. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of it's a weird. It's sort of it's a mix up of Brooklyn and Sunshine on Leaf without the songs. See if you say that one more time tonight. I'm I'm not talking to you anymore. I love that film. It's a great movie. You're, you're banned from saying Sunshine and Leaf for the rest of the night. You've had just three strikes. That's Damn it. <laughs> I think we mentioned Paddington at some point then. Um, so seven and a half out of ten. Worth a wee look. Um, up next is another cinema release, which is called Nightmare Alley, directed hmm. by Guillermo Del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo yeah. Del Toro. Guillermo. Um, 
Um, <laughs> obviously, he's a man who did things like the brilliant Shape of Water, the fantastic, mm. well, probably one of the best films of the last like fifty years, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, both Hellboys, Hellboy One, mm. and amazingly, the even better Hellboy Two, which is a, a really good film as well. I really enjoyed both of those. Yeah, I love films. Hellboy Two. Hellboy Two is great. People shit on it, but they're they don't know what I'm talking. I fucking about. love Hellboy. Both Hellboys are yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It, it all of it's Dirty Perlman's performance of Hellboy, I think, but yeah. I, I enjoy the madness of Hellboy 1 and 2. Um, he also recently done Crimson Peak, which I was mm. less of a fan of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a director of a unique vision, um, and he's yeah. definitely a man who loves cinema and everything that cinema can stand for. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when you go to see Del Toro, you know you're going to get some yes amazing visuals. I think um, that's it, yes. Y- yeah, um, yeah. So in the film, you've got, it's basically a story of a, a guy who's during the Depression era, you, you start the film with him basically burning his old life away, and he joins a travelling sort of circus freak show. Um, in this circus freak show, he sort of starts to pick up the tricks of the trade and, and all this. Um, while in there, he falls for a, a local, the, the, one of the performers, and they basically break away to go and strike it out on their own. Um and, and basically take the act that, that she sort of got and he's sort of refining from what he's taking from other people and using it to um, you know, make make money, essentially. Mm. Um, then the film takes a turn, it, it does a wee kind of time jump, and then it's really it's a story about him using... He, he became like a mentalist at the time when mentalists were sort of a thing. Um, so it's, it's sort of post-World War... It's sort of at the cusp of World War Two, so it's like 1939, 1940, and about that oh, time. So it ties them in Munich. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. um, and he gets mixed up with people who he he's basically he, he has a, he's a confidence man. He's, he's mm. you know, mentalism is all bullshit. It's just it's just reading people. That's all it is. Um, but he gets involved with someone who is a particularly nasty person, um, and it's him trying to basically he, the more he, the deeper in he gets, the more trouble he has with it. Um, yeah. And he's been led down a garden path by people that um, maybe he shouldn't be led down by. So it's, it's very, very film noirish um, in the second half. Um, so what I was going to ask you was, um, when you see the trailer, uh, you kind of get that this is a horror film almost. From, it is a trailer. horror film, but it's not a monster film. The, the the monster thing at the start you sort of led to believe that's very that's 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 just a geek who you see at the very start of the film. Geek mm. used in the, the old term, which is something... Bite the head off a chicken sense, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the film, you've got Bradley Cooper. He plays sort of the main protagonist. Um, his love interest in it is Rooney Mara. Um, also in the film, you've got Kate Blanchett, uh, David Strathairn, Ron Perlman, Willem Dafoe um, pops up in it as well. I always think, see, if Willem Dafoe lived in the 1920s, he would be in a freak show. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like the amazing rubber man or something, the, the man the rubber face or something. Like that. He'd, he'd be... or, or as he's playing here, the announcer. He, he would... Yes, he could be that, but he definitely yeah, he would be involved easily. in this. Absolutely, absolutely. This one, I enjoyed the opening half of it, like the first half and then in the circus. Um, it, was sort of, it was laying a lot of track in, in the circus and, and I liked all the characters in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um and it's sort of, it was doing a lot, and it was, and it was bringing. And I, I was hoping it would bring a lot more to who these characters were. You know, sort of laying a lot of stuff down. And then when it jumps to the second half, I just really lost interest because it just it does focus on the two characters you expect to focus on, which is obviously Bradley Cooper and Rooney Mara. But mm. it, then it pretty much ignores everybody who happened in the first act. They have all they, they have like one. I think they have one scene in the second act of the film, and it feels very sort of doesn't really make any doesn't really hold any real point to the scene they're in. Mm. And I just didn't really... And I was thinking it was going to turn out that they were, some, were going to be involved somehow in the conclusion of the film, but it's really not. So it, just, it felt very... 
It felt just like a film of two halves, but the halves mm. never really marry Dis- up. Disjointed halves. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the the way the film ends is laid out very early on in the film, so I get yeah. the circular nature of it. Mm. But the, the way this the two the way the two halves are is, is quite disjointed. Um, Does it feel like two separate films? Not quite two separate yes. films, but a film they've wrote the script for. It's based on a book um, and based yeah. on, a, I think, it was an adaptation in the 40s as well. I think there's been quite a few remakes yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like they need a more pass of the script to fill in a few gaps just to make it flow um, mm. sort of more evenly. It, 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 yeah. it just feels like you basically go from circus life to the prestige. Yeah. But there's no in between. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't understand the purpose between it, you know. Um, as expected with, with, with Del Toro, visually striking, you know, the man knows how to look, make a film look good. It yeah. looks beautiful, yeah. it looks stunning, it looks dark, it looks it looks film noirish, which is the look he's going for, and he absolutely nails that look. Yeah. Um, <coughs> very strong performances by everybody, but um, I think they're very sidelined by, by the material. Um, and generally, I found it a bit more like Crimson Peak than Pan's Labyrinth. Um, it's... Very much style over substance in it. I'm afraid. Yeah. I just, I just, I was, and I hate to say it, I was, a, I was bored at times. You know, I was looking at my watch, and I didn't really want to be that guy who was looking at my watch during a, a Del Toro film. I thought I yeah, wanted to be engaged. Yeah, in I was it. going to say, you, you know, I mean, that that's a bad sign if you know, yeah. Del Toro can I can't hold your attention. And yeah. you've got to wonder but, what's what's went wrong. Yeah. And I loved the shape of water. I thought it was an absolutely gorgeous yeah. movie, and I absolutely yeah. adored it. But mm. this, it just it. He was swinging for something. He was swinging hard, but I just don't think he ever really connected properly with me. Um, and I said I enjoyed Belfast more than enjoyed this, and I really did not expect that to be the, the case. Yeah, it does. It's been getting a bit of kicking, but is that a few people giving it an absolute kicking in some of the press? Some folk loving it, and other. I, I don't. I think it is in the middle ground. I don't think it's a bad. It's definitely not a bad movie. It's it's yeah. you know it's well made, well acted, well you know everything's great about it. Just doesn't quite marry up in the um, is, uh... way you wanted to. Is it expectation? Is it? I mean, possibly. Del, Del Toro's got you know such such a, a rich history of movie now that mm. there is that expectation, and he needs to nail it up to that. Which is, I mean, we've seen it. How many directors we've we seen it where you don't I mean where they, you know success, success, and then you know they maybe don't reach the heights, and it's the downward from there. I don't know. <laughs> the film after the Oscar is always a tough one, you know, because that's that's the one you're, you're following up the Oscar success. So. It's mm. not an absolute train wreck. You go, oh God, he's been off in the rails. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. but it's just, it's underwhelming to what you hoped it would be. Yeah, yeah. So let's lighten the mood a wee bit because I feel like we're, we're shitting on the tutorial. Um, Bradley Cooper is he the handsomest man in Hollywood? He very well could be. I think I'm, 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 I'm thinking maybe he is. He, but then he, he has got in this film. He is up against Ron Perlman, who is equally a very handsome man in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Perelman's got got a look about him. I wouldn't quite say handsome. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy that Del Toro still puts Perelman in everything. I actually that it, makes me so happy. It's a bit like um, Sam Raimi with um, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's his buddy, and he's looking after him. He's, you know, he's, he's looking after his pal, and, it, it, and he's actually got a, he's got a, in the first act. Like I said, he's not really in the second act because no one from the first act's in the mm. second act. But in the first act, he's got a quite a decent role. He's not a it's not a walk on cameo. Mm-hmm. Or anything, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like Monster Hunter. Where he's in it for like seven seconds, and he's out. Got dialogue in it. Yeah. He's got dialogue. He acts with other actors. He acts with Bradley Cooper. You know, he has got a role within the film, and he he, he plays it. What's good about Perelman though is, I mean, he, he's an odd-looking fellow. No, no, no very much so. Yes, but Perelman can act. Perelman can act. He, he, he absolutely can. He's an actor. I've mentioned this film to you before. Um, a stone in, in Fulham County. 
yeah. where he plays the the, the, the Amish dad and the, the basically daughter's fucking hit by a brick by these kids and it kills her. And this is one of you know his early early roles, like at probably eighty somewhere. Mm. And that's when it was first. I mean, I'd seen um, the trial with Fire One with Plays an Eight before that, but yeah. that's when he came on my radar, and I was just like, "Wow, man, who the fuck is this guy?" Then he became Vincent from Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that. Oh. But um, no, Perelman's. I mean, the the man really is, you know, a solid actor. Same with the name of the Rose as well. He's in that, um, you know, as the kind of hunchback. Um, and he pops up watched, just a few scenes, but wow. Son of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's got it. He just looks like a big fucking monkey. It's, it's, he looks like I mean? someone who should be on a battlefield, you know, in yeah. the, in the, but in the 14th century. Aye, absolutely. You know, but but then you know when you watch him on screen, he's just got this this talent. Do you know what I mean? He just really chews up whatever part you give him. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, I've, and, I've, I've got a lot of time for um for Perlman. Perlman. No, he's not always he's always in great films. He always takes the work yeah, when he get the work. But yeah. I enjoy him and a lot of stuff he does. Absolutely. And Del, I think Del Toro sees the actor, you know, behind the face and he's like, yeah. no, you know, I know I can get a performance and that's why, as well as obviously being, you know, that they're kind of built up a relationship. But, you know, I think he knows dependable, he can do what he doesn't do. There you go. Um, he, is also the, he is also the perfect Hellboy as well. He is the perfect Hellboy. David Harbour got a lot of shit for him. I enjoy yeah. David Harbour's Hellboy. I didn't yeah, the film Hellboy. was terrible. He... As the character Hellboy, he done fine. You know, yeah. it's just a shame that he had that script and whatnot to deal with. But um, yeah, Perelman, Perelman is definitively Hellboy, isn't he? He's yeah, like, he is. He's the he's got the style, he's got everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Nightmare Alley. It's, Sorry. <laughs> it's, like I said, I think maybe expectation for me was too high for this film. Maybe I was hoping yeah. for more. And like yeah. I said, first act I really enjoyed. I like what it, I like the track it was laying. The the what it gives me as a conclusion at the end it felt like a lot of track to get there, um, and a lot of story building up to it. And I found the the, the ending not as um, emotionally involving or as interesting as it was. I, in my mind, I had a way they're going to end it, and if it, in my yeah. mind the way they ended it, they would never do it this way. But if they had, in my mind the way it sort of setting up, oh my it god, would. we would have we would have this film for generations about like what a ballsy <laughs> way to finish that film. Um, wait till I've seen it and you can tell me your, I can tell your you. vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my, if, if I was writing the script, I would have ended it in a slightly different way that would probably got the film banned, to be honest. <laughs> All right, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, that's not good, because you, you can be quite deviant at times. So I can be. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it's worth a look, but I would probably say maybe... Is it worth going to cinema? See, I think it is visually very interesting and it looks great, yeah. but mm. I think if you'd watch it at home, I think you'd be just as much out of it. Really? What, yeah. what a 10 would you give it? That's six and a half. Oof, Del Toro getting a six and a half. I know. Um, he, he's going to send Big Ron round to your house and beat the shit out of you. That's what he's going to do. But, and I want, <laughs> the thing is, I go in wanting to love it, so when it doesn't hit yeah. me, it, yeah. you can, it, there's something not right. You know, because yeah. we, we're in the bag for Del Toro. We love him. We want him. Oh, we def- want everything definitely. great. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, this, I, still, I still do. I still do want to see it because I have got a, a odd man crush on by Bradley Cooper, so I want, want to see him anyway. But, um, and it's still Toro, so I do want to see it. Um, but when, when I do, I'll, I'll pass on my my thoughts to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, on from that, we won this now. It's on, I believe, Amazon Prime, and that is a film called My Son, um, directed by Christian Caron, who is a French director who directed. Um, a film called My Son, which is he, he's directing the the, the um, English the, language remake of his own film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Elsewhere, yeah. they filmed Joyu Noel. Well, if you saw that one, it's about the, it's about the um, German and British armies playing football in World War One, like sort of on no, Christmas Day. Sounds dreadful. It was actually all right. I liked it. Um, <laughs> a song called Farewell. So the plot of this one, it's, it's actually it's quite a simple plot. There's a, a young boy goes missing. Um, mm. The police are looking for him, and his father turns up on the scene. He's looking for him as well. And um, mm. there's a family dynamic of the family. The mum and dad are being divorced. She's got a new man. He does kind of like the new man. Um, and he sort of he suspects the new man might be involved in it in some way. But ultimately, it's just it's basically it's following this father as he deals with the fact his kids, yeah. As he deals with the fact these kids probably been kidnapped or or, or worse, Murdered, who knows what's yeah. happened to them. And he's trying to get to the bottom of it. And it's done over a very short I mean, it's not all, well, well, maybe ninety two, minutes long. Aye, but it's like two days worth of like sort of oh yeah, yeah. It's if, if it doesn't give you it actually doesn't give you a specific time frame, but yeah, you get the impression it's two or three days, yeah. Two or three yeah. days, yeah. yeah. Um the wrinkle of the film is that the main actor in it, who is James McAvoy, he was not given a script for it. He's been essentially reacting to what's going on. Yeah, he's um, improvising to it. Because everyone else had the script. So all the other characters, they, they, they've got a script. They know how the plot and the film unfolds. Yeah. He, so he's, he's, got he's essentially got to almost like murder mystery himself by like sort of getting yeah. information out of people. Yeah. There must have been some setup of certain, certain things had to happen because there's a scene involving like a torture scene. That yeah. doesn't seem, you can't, just, you can't just improvise that from what I can yeah. say. Plus as well, I, I've, I've given this a bit of thought. Um, so so as you said, this is... A remake of a French film. The mm-hmm. French film has only done, I wouldn't say it's been either 17 or 19, 2017. I think it's more than 2015, I think. I, I think a few years ago, anyway. Now, McAvoy, he's got to have an audience. Apparently, he's not seen I'm calling bullshit. I would call bullshit on it as well. He's got to know about it. So I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, it's improvised. I, I get it, it's no script, but you know, there's no way he has no fucking knowledge. Whatsoever, he must have a general, I think he must have a general idea of how the film plays out, like what the general yeah, idea I, is. I, th- I think so as well. I think so as well. But carry on, sorry. Anyway, and if James McAvoy uh, again, oddly doing his own accent, which you don't hear very often. I thought it was a parody of a class. I thought he was like doing his he own was accent. Scottish up. I think he was like, yeah, pouring I, his Scottish yeah. accent up a bit. I, I think, I mean, he sounded, <laughs> you know, like, like he was for the arse end of Govan. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I've you know, I've heard. Junkie's been more eloquent than, than James McAvoy was in this film. He was oh. really, I, I was quite I was jarred by it. I was like, oh, fuck. McAvoy's I mean, really went for it. I can't remember a <laughs> film when he'd done his Scottish accent, but that's maybe, apart from maybe Filth was the only last time I heard him do his yeah. Scottish accent. So Which I anyway. don't think was quite that strong. But then I got to, again, see, I've been thinking a lot this yeah. week. Yes, too much work and I get thinking yeah. about shit and it leads to fucking garden paths and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, Colin, shut the fuck up. But I think what he's done, I think is he, he's used this, this, kind of brogue is because if he tries to do any kind of accent it's going to throw him off his improvisation what I what I took took was it it was a guy who in the film he's travelled a lot so he probably softened his accent when he went abroad to be able to deal with like business and things like that but now he's back home he's under stress the accent reverts to what he was as a kid or what he was growing up so it's it's fallen back into what it was so he's under stress it's like Proper scheme. I mean, for, for listeners that don't, I mean, a scheme is like a, a kind of housing estate that's pretty mm. much impoverished, and, and everyone talks and you know, like kind of really rough Glaswegian voice. And and like I say, McAvoy takes us and dials it up to eleven. It's like yeah. wow. What, I, I mean, I can talk like that if I need to. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You know, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, you, know, you don't ever want to hear me speak like that. You, de- I've, I've you can, tra- you can deploy yourself it. not it's to. It's good to you deploy know? if you're down south and someone's pissing you off. You're in England. Oh, you're I, angry. Then deploy it then, and it really puts the shits up people. You know, oh, to- <laughs> totally. But you know, it is something that, that you know most 
Glaswegians try and, you know, shy away from and try and train yeah. themselves not to sound like, but it, it's there and it's just, we're, we're just he's, for, for his first words, I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Anyway, what I sound like? <laughs> also, Mac, well, Mac, well, also, alongside him is Claire Foy, who I'm a big fan mm. of. I like Claire Foy pretty much everything she's done so far. Um, Tom Cullen, Gary Lewis. Now, as a quick, like, Gary Lewis, he pops up in a shit ton of stuff. He's a police officer, the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like one of those guys you see, in, you see him in hundreds. He's in like gangs in New York and stuff. Like he's in yeah, absolutely he's in tons of all, stuff. We will touch on this soon. And, and Mr. Fucking Lewis. So okay. Um, also, got Robert Jack and Owen White Lock popping up as well. So, I've talked a lot. What did you think of this one? Um, it kind of really split me. So, um, first of all, Gary Lewis was fucking awful. Um, I've, I mean, I mean, I've seen Gary Lewis in some of the films you mentioned, so I know who he is. And I know what you can do. And when I was watching this, I was fucking sliding back in my seat thinking that this is, you know, this is like amateur dramatics. I think um, for a guy like Gary Lewis, wow. the less screen time, the better. I think it's sort of, he can come on for a minute, like a half, a, like a 30 second and then off. But don't give him like sort of a, a dramatic arc. I mean, he, he was wooden. I mean, proper, proper wooden. His hair, but he is up against McAvoy. McAvoy's a very good actor. Maybe that know, it sort of shows up. You know. But I mean, McAvoy didn't have a script, though. You know, that Lewis did. I was honestly like, like, like taken aback by how fucking awful he was. You know, I was like, that, that this is an actor. That this isn't right. someone that you know pulled off the street and said read that. And and that's sometimes what it felt like. You know, I was like, oh, his, his delivery was fucking awful. Right. Uh, let's I not pile on Gary Lewis. He's a working actor. Let's let's be nice. What do you think of the well, film itself? Uh, <laughs> um, the, the film itself, the the, the plot. Is, is, is very, very simplistic and it is a very linear plot. You know, you pretty much know what's going to happen as it's happening yourself. Do you know what I mean? So I it's think it's well trodden. It's not, a, it's, it's uh, by no yeah. means unique. The, the uniqueness comes from the, the situation. McAvoy, yeah, that's, yeah. that's unique. Yeah. Of it, yeah. Um, McAvoy, his performance, um, it, it, it was good. Now and again, you could see, you know, he was thinking on his feet and you could see that, you know. You kind of miss missing your kind of beat here. Aye. You know, you're not quite in, in the right rhythm. But overall, for the experiment, it was. I I, I kind of got it, and I got yeah. what McAvoy was doing. I was I was generally impressed by McAvoy a lot. Um, Claire Foy, I'm not as convinced as you by Claire Foy yet. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't get her at all. But in fairness, um, in this, she's not on screen for any length of time. She's on it like she's she's not. Tom Cullen was really bad as well. He he didn't do a good. That was the boyfriend, well. isn't it? That's the new yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, he, again, um, like that's the thing. There's a scene in that when it's sort of again, I think it might be McAvoy's a better actor, therefore, it's like I mentioned this with a man who watches his football team gets schooled by a bunch of professionals. Hmm. Something you're up against the best, you look kind of very average yourself because you know you're, yeah. you're playing against the best. Do you and think, do you think maybe the rest of the cast have been, been kind of coached to act in a way? That, that leads McAvoy as well, though, possibly. Because some of the dialogue does seem really it, it heavy-handed. Like it seem, yeah, it does seem like they're trying, even, they're trying to give answers that will allow yeah. McAvoy to piece things together, allow the, the plot to sort of diverge. I do mm. wonder how many takes they take for each scene. I was thinking about that as well. And I mean, would it, obviously, would he, would he change the scene as he goes yeah. on? Okay, he would start thinking, you know, well, okay, well, well, I started off the scene this way, this way the first time. And that really took didn't really get anything from that for the first like minute of the scene. But at so that point, you're then losing the, the improvisation. Do you know what I mean at that yes, point it, it then becomes non-improvised? And um, what what I did really enjoy, and I, I try to think of who else does it as good as McAvoy. But going from zero to angry, 
McAvoy does that so well. He just, you know, he just goes off. You know, and you're like, oh, right, here we go. It's, you know, he does it in split and stuff like that. You know, he's just snapping, and you know, he's just fucking bonkers, crazy mm. bad shit. And he does it quite a lot in this. And I always enjoy watching. You know, he just gets that wee kind of his eyes go and the, the, the mm. kind of middle of his brows and just boom. You know, you're just like fucking rampage McAvoy, which is always a joy to watch. So I enjoyed these scenes of madness. <laughs> They're all quite entertaining. Give me your thoughts on it. I've... <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm, I thought it was, actually, it was quite a taut and constrained thriller that doesn't actually yeah. doesn't really give a lot of time to breathe. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like it's very much you're just you're moving along with the, the, the main character. Yeah. It's sort of very much on his journey. Um, and yeah. had a little bit. Of, I don't know if you saw the film with Matt Damon last year called Stillwater. No, no, it has similar vibe to that. A wee bit of like the. Uh, I mean, it's got a wee bit of a taken vibe, not taken vibe in the sense of like you no know, looking, you no. Know, action but it has that sort of dad on a mission type thing you know he's like sort of he's you know tuning into his like his dad's powers to try and do what dads do yeah um <clears throat> i like the kind of magnet not having a script there was no real moments where i thought it was immediately obvious he was struggling i thought you know he's a very good actor he can he can look like he's you know not thinking you know he can look like he's you know reacting to what he needs to react to so yeah. i enjoyed that not enough Claire Foy in it, and I'm, like, I'm a big fan of Claire Foy, so I want to see more of her in the film. And I think that's a couple of films I've seen now where they bring her in to play like the doting wife or, or ex-wife, and they don't really give her that much to do. You know, they've done it with First Man as well. They give her an Oscar, not an Oscar nomination for that, but she's barely in that film as well. And I feel it's a real shame to bring, you know, to use yeah. an actress of her talent in such a, a weak way. No, um, not a massive fan, but she's better than that, I think. Yeah. You know, she definitely shouldn't be sidelined to those kind of roles. Exactly, and, yeah. She, she has... I actually really enjoyed her um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Remember, she played it recently when it was done a remake mm. of it. I thought mm. it was like, what was the one where she was in the mental asylum? Unsane as well. Oh, exactly. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Yeah. The story's kind of well trodden. You kind of know where it's going to mm. go. You're not really. I mean, there's a couple of scenes that did surprise me. The torture scene surprised me a little bit. I was like, holy shit, this is really. It went prisoners, didn't it? It went full prisoners yeah. in that part. Like, oh shit, you know, he's he, he's went here. Um, he, he's went and done it. Um, same with a bit with the boyfriend as well. That kind of was like, boom, you know. That, that felt. That had, that's the one scene I felt that it. it it did feel very led because there's a scene in it, there's a revelation in that scene that makes him twig. And I don't think an actor who's just reacting with twig on what he twigs on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although, see when, right, without spoilers, so on that scene when they're looking through the bits of paper, uh-huh. I was thinking that before. Oh, I, honestly, yeah, I was, okay. I was thinking that's you, weird. That, you know, you know, I wonder if that's and then boom, I was like, all right, my boy went the elf he goes. Um, so yeah, no, I maybe can, your dad. Maybe that's why you noticed it more than I did. Possibly, possibly. Um, th- there was a genuine concern throughout it that you know the worst would yes happened as well, yes. which which was good. It, it was taught in that sense, but mm. all the way through, it did leave you wondering, oh shit, you know, have they? Is he? Mm. And mm. you know, up until the very end, you don't know. Um, yeah. I won't say if it is or isn't, but it, it did kind of keep you. You know, I hope not. Maybe. Also, it's it be based, you know, based on the premise as well. It's very, it's it's tight. It's like what ninety minutes. You know, yeah, it's, it yeah. it does it moves it, it gets along. It moves the story along. It does not. There's not really a lot of time for building relationships in it either. Again, we mm. sort of we kicked um, something else around for that recently. Um, I mean, but this felt it, there's more purpose just keeping the story going. You know, you didn't you get you got the idea. You didn't need to. No, you get it. Their yeah. husband and ex-wife. They're not estranged, but they're definitely the been divorced for a while, yeah. um, and 
you know, he doesn't like the new boyfriend, essentially. That's basically it. You, which is... you did have, there was, talking about that, that, that kind of character and whatnot, there was a lot of scenes where disbelief had to be left at the front door. Yes. Um, like, you know, like, like the police all of a sudden saying, you're on your own. You're like, whoa, whoa. No, no. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what was the deal with his office um, and his Aye. work? Do you, do you mean, it's just like, it gives you that, that was stranded. It never really pulled. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they left that stranded and never really yeah. pulled on it again. Yeah. yeah was was why put it out there? Nothing at all. Do you know I mean, it's like, I just, I mean, but I think. It was, it was there to make you doubt. It was there to make you think something else. You know, because yeah, yeah. it made you think, you know, you, you try to, everyone in this situation is thinking the worst. Yeah. And you start thinking the real worst. And you start thinking, yeah, you know, what, so it was just to leave that little nugget sitting there that you might be Also, I think this film went into a bit of production held due to COVID as well, I think. Yes, um, yes. I think it had a lot of kind of, you know, stops and starts. So I don't know how much that maybe affected what they had mm. put together and, and stuff like that. So maybe maybe that had, had a lot to do with it as well. But I, I mostly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was decent. It was a decent, you know, thriller for, for 90 minutes. What did you think? Mm-hmm. you give it a 10? Out of 10, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, I, well, I, I thought Lewis was, honestly, I mean, he really took me right out of the film, dude. Um, you know, I, honestly. The guy was a very mean man. He'll come and kick your ass. He'd fucking do it badly if it's anything like his acting, I'll tell you. Um, it's <laughs> fucking dreadful. Um, and Tom Cullen as well um, was particularly great. But McAvoy, um, I think for the experiment it was, it succeeded. And I don't, I can't think of many actors that, Probably do it as well as he did, maybe. So five out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with five. <coughs> I'm not much better. I, I give it six out of ten. So it's it's better than average. Yeah. Um, but I it's it's really it's also where it should be. It's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. It's a very interesting premise, but you know it's good to see in this pandemic that's closed down the film industry that it is bringing out an inventiveness yeah. that people need to. You know, it's like well. You know, we're limited to what we can do, so let's do what we can do with those limitations. And this is the kind of stuff we're seeing. I like that one you were big on with uh, the kind of ghosts on the TV, if I can remember. Oh, the, like, um, the host or something it's called. Yeah, yeah, that one. yeah. yeah, stuff like that. You know, this is all born of, you know, that, that fucking horrible virus, that, you know, mm. that's causing chaos. And, and you know, it, it's making creativity flourish, which isn't isn't a bad thing. Not a bad thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean. (laughs) Yep, definitely. Um, On from the last film of the week, which is one that's on Sky Cinema. Um, Not made by Sky Cinema. It was sort of, they bought bought it, which is always Mm. a good sign. We don't like, we've not been a fan of any Sky (laughs) Cinema film. (laughs) I don't think we have. No, I think we have. I think they've all been pretty much around. This has been bought by Sky Cinema to be, they're they're, they're presenting it as opposed to making it. Okay. Um, Sky Cinema presents someone else's film. Yes, exactly. Um, It's called Mass. Um, It was directed by Fran Krantz. Um, so his debut film, if you've remember the film Cabin in the Woods, I do, and I know exactly who he is. He is a stoner. He's the stoner, and which mm. I was blown away by. I yeah. was when I realised who it was. I was like, wow. Yeah, wow. he's also in um, Dollhouse as well. If you remember watching Dollhouse back in the day, um, and he's in The Dark Tower as well. So I think he, this is a yeah. debut feature. So it's um, yeah. definitely a brave one to take on. Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. So the, the plot of this film is quite a simple plot. There's um, a meeting in a, in a church between the parents of someone who, a, a young boy who was killed in a, a mass shooting um, in a high school and the parents of the shooter, essentially. Um, it's set a few years, I think it's set a few, maybe a year six or so. Year, six, six years. Year, six years yeah. after yeah. The, the actual event. So there have been sort of like, you know, um, 
like investigations and some sort of court cases and stuff like that. And yeah. there's been and there's been a lot of stuff. So a lot of stuff's out in the open, you know, yeah. in terms of the actual logistics of what happened um, and who the and who the boy was. But it's sort of, this is sort of like the, the parents of the kid who was killed trying to basically have some sort of reconciliation and sort of some understanding of what is you know what caused this. Just, yeah, try just try to make sense for all. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, looking looking for reason. Looking for um, reasons, yeah. yeah, yeah um, yeah. and it's 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 taken from that point of view. Um, in the film, you've got Jason Isaacs doing an American accent, which did throw me for the first couple of times I heard him speak it. Bottom straight away, I was like, "Wow, nailed it!" Yeah, nailed it completely. I, you know, you got it, but it was, it was very yeah. odd to him do American yeah. accent. Yeah. You really, really hear it. You know, he, he's always very British. Um, yeah. From what I remember, yeah, so is, yeah, we're very we're very into accents today. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got uh, Martha Pilmington. She plays his wife. Um, she is from Goonies, obviously. And if you've seen Raising Hope, she plays Hope she's Danny, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Is it is it Plimpton or? Plimington. Plimington, sorry. Plimington. Is it? Plimington. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Plimington. Plimpton. No, I might be Plimpton. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Because you just confused me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you've also we, know, got we Anne, know who we mean. No, we mean. You've also got Anne Dowd who pops up in it. Who I'm not really familiar with. I've had to look her up. Handmaid's um, Tale when is it, a big thing. Yeah, I've, I've seen her in a few things, yeah. um, smaller parts. So I do yeah. know, seen her work, but yeah, I'm not overly familiar with her. So she plays the mother of the shooter, and Reed yeah. Burney plays the dad of the shooter, and, and it's sort of. In the film, they're they're now divorced from what I sense you get yeah, from it. Yeah, they've yeah, they've yeah. separated, but the separated other couple stay yeah. together. Yeah. Um, this is probably one of the most. It's very harrowing for a film that it basically stays in one room for the whole film. You know, it barely, doesn't really move much yeah, out of the room. It doesn't bring you out that room. Yeah. Um, the opening ten minutes. Um, it's sort of the preamble set up of it. The rest, of it, you know, the, eight <coughs> of the film it is four characters in the room um, talking, talking, and it's. And, it's so harrowing, and it's also some of the most uncomfortable viewing I've had in a long, long time. Yeah. Like, see the opening when it's just them talking and almost like sort of small talking. Yeah, that was just you. Just you, you can sense something's going to kick off, but you're just like oh, you're terrified. Yeah. But you know what would you say? Like, do you scream at them? Do you shout at them? And you yeah. can just sense this tension building all the way through the film. Um, but did were you same? Did you get that um, as well? Dude, first of all. I wouldn't have watched this film unless you told me to. And okay. Sincerely, thanks for doing that because yep. it, it was like just blew me away. Yeah. Um, I was in tears twice. It's so like, hard like to I watch. Mean, there was one scene with title when I just just fucking mm. eyes were pissing the water, and then I did sniffle my nose up, and I was like, okay, took a deep breath, and then another scene two minutes after it, and I was like, oh my god, blubbing like a fucking child. Yeah. Again. Do you know I mean, just crying my eyes out, and mm. it. It's such a powerful, powerful piece of cinema for a directorial debut. Yeah. It makes you sit in the room with four people talking about such a painful subject matter. Yeah. Jesus. It ju- it's a proper, proper gut punch of a movie. Um, yeah. It just a um, proper revelation for me, did. Yeah. So, wow, thank you so much. Yeah. No, I, I was like 100% the same. I was just so... Number one. I am stunned that none of this cast are getting talked about for awards. Oscars. Yeah. They should all be getting Oscars for this film. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. The fact yeah, that absolutely. fucking, what's his name, Jared Leto is getting an Oscar nomination for, you know, you know, I want us some pizza. And yeah. fucking Jason Isaacs is not in the running for anything. When his, the story he tells about what happened to his son, like sort of his knowledge of what yeah. happened to his son, that is like one of the most like, heartbreaking. Just, Every piece of dialogue, every mm. look, every glance, every body pose, just yeah. everything just conveys just hurt 
and yeah, anger. Yeah, and pain. And just, every, every single pain. person in this film's yeah. in pain. They're still I, in pain. But it just breathes that. And yeah. it, <laughs> because it's set in that one room, it just it doesn't, you know, you're not getting away from it. No. You're, you're there with them, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's just so cleverly done, you know? You're just like, no, fucking sit down, you know what I mean? You are the observer and, mm. you know, you're there for the ride and that's it. You cannot get away from it. It just demands you know, you just focused all the way through yeah. it. It was just proper amazing, man. I mean, you're, you're, seriously, you're, seriously, seriously. You are literally a fly in the wall of a room. You do not want to be the fly in the wall for because absolutely. it's absolutely like I can never, I can never pitch myself watching this film again. No, no, I couldn't honestly. I couldn't imagine myself going. Let's have a fun night. Let's sit and watch yeah. Mass again. It's like it's no. like great. It's like Grave of the Fireflies. It's one yes. of those films that affects you so profoundly that once mm. you've seen it, that's it. You know, oh. you, you cannot put yourself in that, that oh. place again because it's just too too much. But it's absolutely it's a worthwhile place. watch. It's like, like you, it should be seen. Yeah, yeah by by everyone. Uh. What it what it does really, really well is within the first five minutes of them being in the room, it just throws out the window politics. It's like, right, there's your politics, fuck off. Do you get no, a sense of the first 10 minutes? I didn't see the first 10 minutes when in the room. Like not the 10 minutes of the preamble when they're building up to it, but mm. see when that's like in the room they start talking. Yeah. It takes you a good 10 minutes to figure out which who. Parent, yeah. Who, Kate, I think they've done that. And it's like really what, well what done. parents were the kid of what who killed who, uh-huh. who was, I, I, I I was going, everything about me tells me it's them, but that would be a real bait and switch of like, yeah. no, it's not. It's like that would really throw me. You know, it felt like it, that's yeah, what they were doing. No, I totally got that. And it, it yeah, it, I think it was eventually they kind of go, I think eventually it was quite they give you something. It was obvious. obvious yeah, did they say up something until that obvious, point, yeah. exact same. I was like who's, you know, I, I was going to say the victim, but that's not fair because you've seen the film, everyone's victims. Do you know yeah, I mean? that's the point, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I got that. But I just really enjoyed how at the very start they were like, you know, like, fuck politics, fuck the moral, you know, the debate on it and what politicians mm. and lobbies have got to say, we're here to talk about us people. And it was just, you know, it just got rid of all that because that, the whole American gun law stuff would just bog it down and make yeah, it a yeah, completely totally, different film. You get to the point of, of four people trying to understand each other, essentially, yeah, you know, and understand yeah. what, you know, they want to assign blame because obviously they want to make the point of like, you yeah. were negligent towards your child, you should have noticed this, therefore it's your fault for not noticing he was yeah. turning into a madman. It's like, yeah. today, you don't think that, your own child. It's a bit like that. Um, exactly, it, yeah. Um, we need to talk about Kevin, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, or do you watch Lucy? Uh, Luke, uh, Luke? Or it's the one with um, Naomi Watts, I think it is, and it's their son who's adopted with Tim Roth. And it's like the the mother, the, the, the guidance teacher thinks the kid's gonna be like a, a killer, essentially. And it's like sort of parents won't think bad of their child, even if they even if all the signs are there, you, you won't think yeah. the kid's gonna be a killer, you know. Dude, I've I've got three kids, bad, but you know, my daughter is, you know, there's times when I could murder her, but I love her to bits and yeah. I'll defend her to the earth, do you know what I mean? And it, yeah, you, you, as a parent, there's that obligation. You can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, you, you can't. Simple as that. Um, but then, what the film does is, from the other parents' point of view, it's like, well, why can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's just such a deeply profound film. It's yeah. just wow. It just blew me away. Did it, it feels like it feels like it could be a play as well. Like it could easily be on the stage. It would really work well as a play. Absolutely. I mean, you would need some. Some house actors to pull it off, yeah. Um, the performances themselves, um, Martha Plimpton. I mean, I'm so used to, as you say, like, like you know, the Goonies and Raising Hope and stuff like that. And just to see her taking a role like that, and you know, she she just 
you fail. The all four of the characters mm. you fail for them, um, all in different ways, and it's just it's just the body language. I mean, you just feel the suffering all the way through, and you you just you're in pain. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. What I liked as well, like the actors had the confidence not only in the script but in the director that they didn't have to speak all the time. You know, yeah. like if someone's yeah. talk, if, if if there's talk between three characters, one of them's happy, one of them understands they might not speak. As you do when you're having an argument with someone, you might just not. If a group of people have an argument, one person might just not speak for five minutes, and that's at one point. The um, Martha uh, Plimpton's character, she just, yeah. just sits. She just sits yeah. with her hand. She just doesn't doesn't engage with it. Just just listens, and yeah. I, I feel like a lot of other directors would be forced to, like, we need to give, like, she's not spoken for five minutes, we have to let her speak, you know, otherwise people forget she's there. Like, you won't forget she's there because there's four people in a fucking room. You're yeah. not going to forget she's there, but they have a confidence to let her, like, in the same way they do with the, the dad of the, the the killer. Yeah. You know, the way he changes throughout the film, you know, because at the start, he, yeah. he, he is, he's very much, you know, just sort of like, this happened, very, he knows the A, B, C, D, he's like, he doesn't yeah, really get yeah. Very clinical, and then, yeah. And then it starts to evolve and different, it's, it's just, it's mm. so well done, it's so, like so well layered in over the course of I mean yeah. the film's about I think they have filmed an hour and 45 or something and probably 90 minutes of that you're in the, the one room yeah but it layers in all that just just gently just keeps just putting yeah, you just know, on top and top and top until you get the, but it but it's it's unrelentless and it should yeah. be do you know what I mean you, you shouldn't you know be allowed to dwell too much on the rights and the wrongs you know it just it, it just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing at you um, and I mean, if you watch this and you don't feel uncomfortable, then you know you've really got to question your own morality, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I felt. But no, as I said, I mean, I did, twice that was bawling my eyes out. Do you know what I mean? Just with just raw emotion. Do you mm. know what I mean? And this is a film that is basically pointing a camera at four people and saying, "Go." Do you know what I mean? So for to do that to you is like, it's you know, well done, well done. Out of 10? Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because I thought the first 10 minutes with that clown shoe faffling about um, and the last five minutes with the same clown shoe faffling about kind of took a wee bit of the dynamic of, you know, what Fair was enough, yeah. I understand that, yeah. Um, I didn't like that. I thought that was a bit um, clumsy. Yeah. Um, for the 90 minutes that were in the room, that's a solid 10 out of 10. There yes. was, I could not honestly find fault with no. anything at all for that 90 minutes. Um, just that opening 10 and closing 5 was a bit like, you know, oh, yeah. I don't like you at all. Um, what about you? Um, same, 9 out of 10 for me. And we've been marked down, essentially, the 10-minute preamble and the 5-minute prologue. Uh, sorry, yeah. um, uh, epilogue. It just sort yeah. of... It felt not quite from a different movie, but she felt up. She, she, she felt it felt very different. It didn't feel the same film, um, and maybe you need that. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's just, maybe you need that sort of slightly lighter tone after the sort of the darkness of the ninety minutes you've just watched. So maybe that's part well, of the reason. For possibly it was reason, um, but no, did it, honestly, it really got me. I think it was when Martha Plimpton came out at the end when she just you know collapsed, just fell mm. into madness. That fucking broke me down, and then. When the the other mum tells her story, I was right. just like, "Oh my god, I can't take this shit!" And I was like, "Fucking Richard, what have you done to me?" No, I mean, Isaac. Anything Isaac's talking, I thought that mess, was just... Do you know what I mean? I was just, yeah. "Oh my god, this is just fucking horrible." And especially, I, I I think everyone can relate to the situation, but when you've got kids as well, you do project. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Into into that that kind of conversation, I guess, yeah. and it just uh, the proper 
destroyed me. It really, yeah. really did, man. And, and, and I, I was telling Lorraine all about it. And I was like, oh my God, you need to watch this and yeah. stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, as you say, why this isn't, you know, up for Oscars is, is insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. It, there's no way it shouldn't be overlooked. It simply shouldn't be. Yeah. Maybe Hollywood doesn't want to deal with that subject now. Could be that. Is it? And I think I also think Hollywood likes to pat itself in the back, likes to give big actors and stuff like the the, yeah. um, the kudos. It doesn't want you to look at Jason Isaacs is a great actor, been in a lot of stuff, yeah. but he's not yeah. top tier in terms of like A list. He's sort of maybe lower A list, maybe maybe even top B list type thing. He's sort of in that yeah. level. He's a chameleon, I was I was thinking yeah. about Isaacs. Um and you look at him in Harry Potter and he's got a, a wig on and he's a he's a pure slimy bastard. Mm. But then you look at him in something like that and you know he's handsome, he's got charisma. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's, it's almost like with you know a wig or a haircut or you know a, a bit of makeup and he's just totally maybe he played Hook in the Peter well. Pan film as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and he's just horrid. Do you know what I mean? But then he's got all this charm about him. And he, you know, yeah. I mean, he's a handsome fella as well. Do you know what I mean? He's very funny if you in interviews, very, very funny in interviews. Yeah. Very self-deprecating, but very also very switched on and very funny. But very, no, definitely no. if you find an interview with him, if he's engaged with it very very much worth listening to a very interesting guy he's becoming quite quite a treasure absolutely in an ideal world he would be picking up an Oscar for this Martha Plimpton would be picking up her best actress and all that kind of stuff but they won't and that's a real that's what makes the Hollywood machine so horrible that the the, the genuinely interesting and great movies get sidelined by another biopic about you know some random sports star or yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway. absolutely. Now, genuinely, thanks, thanks, thanks for for tuning in because I wouldn't have watched it if you hadn't have mentioned it. Um, you got to listen to something because, that did push you in the right direction. Uh, yeah, totally, man. With this one, yeah, I was just. Did that make up from Munich? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you've got a lot of atonement for that one, so <laughs> yeah. a lot of atonement. See what I've done there, James McAvoy? Don't, atonement, yeah. war film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Next week is a very lean cinematic time um, right now. I don't know. It's just that time of year when things just sort of go quiet before they sort of push towards Easter and things like that. So yeah, we have out, um, and the we have Amulet, which is a horror film. It's made in 2020, but I think it's just finally getting released now. I think it's a British horror film. It looks, it looks, oh. quite, it looks decent. Actually, I've seen the trailer for it. It looks all right. I'm actually quite intrigued by it. It's got a wee bit of that film. Is it Our House? Remember that one that was on Netflix? I don't think I've seen that one. Did one you? of the asylum seekers living in the house that was haunted. Did you not see that one? No, I've not seen that one. Look, you, no. Oh, you'll dig it. Look for that film on Netflix. You'll really like that film. It's a really good, good tight, sort of dark psychological horror. Um, so, okay. Amulet's out. You've also got Sing 2 for all those who love Sing. We've got now got I, enjoy, I enjoyed the first thing. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't see it in the cinema, and I don't think I particularly cared if I did or not see it in the cinema, yeah. but I was actually quite surprised by how much quite I charmed by it. it. Yeah, I was. I was. I don't know if it needs a sequel. Um, no, it doesn't. You know, and I don't particularly care if I see the sequel in the cinema or not. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not adverse to watching it. Fair enough. Uh, you've also got yeah. Parallel Mothers out, which has got Penelope Cruz um, as two women who, I don't know if they give birth on the same day or they're both born on the same day and it's sort of their mm-hmm. lives or something. You know, it looks, it looks interesting. Um, it's always interesting. So, yeah. All on that, we'll have to be looking to see if we can find anything on the, the Netflixes or Amazons that's sort of out this week. I've not had a, had a wee proper look through, but yeah, it's very lean month, lean week this yep. week for, for cinematic releases, unfortunately. Uh, I, will, I will get, I bought a, so I was telling Richard off camera, um, we were talking about the fly recently um, and I said I would buy him the fly too and I've done it. I bought the fly to. I will watch the fly um, to. What you give it to me? So I will get that to you, son. You can watch yeah. the fly to. Um, I which to I, was, I was revisiting review reviews on the fly to, and it seems to be very divisive. Um, okay. It seems to be people. I think you know it's a rough sequel, um, or people are, it's a fucking awful sequel. You know, so there's not much much middle ground with it. So okay. I'm I'm going I'm going to be really interested to see. To well, I've never I've never seen the fly to, so I'm, I'm very definitely very intrigued to see what it is. 
Cool. Was this, this Eric Stokes making this round about the time he made um, Elephant Man? Mask. Not Elephant Man. Mask. 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 <laughs> was he not an Elephant Man as well, Eric Stokes? No, John Hurts. Oh, Elephant. so he was. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah, I'm thinking. I'm right. Eric. Eric Stokes is bomb and that was made possible. Probably not. Tell me where you find us. <laughs> you can find us at a number of three beers in the movie. Uh, Instagram, Gmail, Facebook and Hotmail as well. Um, so... Tune in, let us know what you think. You know, we, we, we give you our hearts and souls every week. Give us, give, give us some of yours. Have you seen Mass? Did it make, did it make you cry? <laughs> um, is George Mackay ugly or just interesting? I don't know. Tell me. Oh, is a Hollywood, doesn't he? Um, I've been calling. You've been Richard. And we've been. Three beers in a movie.